listening to episode 156 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we discuss theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I am in Three Stream Studio. I'm joined as usual by a senior pastor here, Jonathan Haves, and we would love to give a huge welcome back, a massive welcome to the one and the only Bradford Brown. He's here in the flesh. I can see him. He's here. Greetings, everyone. I no longer go by Brad, though. You will call me teacher. (laughs) Over the last three months, I have reached a new stage of enlightenment that I didn't think was possible. Were you with Aaron Rodgers in that silent (laughs) retreat for four days? I was. I think that's where Brad was. He has descended down from the mountain (laughs) with his face aglow. Yes. To come to us mere mortals I am wearing part wisdom. So you, so you told Aaron Rodgers he wanted to be traded to the Jets. That's what happened. That was you. Exactly. I don't I don't understand this metaphor at all. I was like 50-50 <laughs> on whether or not I was going to do that, and I just went for it because it's the morning and I'm just starting to drink coffee. So, guys, it's good to be back. It's good to be in this chair. It feels nice. You've kept it warm for me. Yeah, we haven't done much in here. Since yeah. you've been gone, not it's not pretty a much whole the lot. same. So, kind of pretty much just sat around and talked about you know how lonely we were. Well, this might surprise you, but I did listen to one episode. Which, what? What? Which what? one did you listen I, to? You no, know, see, you're spoiling. Can we take a guess? He's spoiling stuff that I had. Oh, well, I didn't know you had. No, I didn't fine. know you it's had fine. anything prepared. Let's see if we can take it's, a guess. It's fine. If we can guess what episode Brad listened to. Uh, were there any emails about you? I uh, go ahead, Brad. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I skipped the first part. Oh, wow! <laughs> did you listen to Colin Hansen returns? I did not. Okay, but I want to. I guess that's my. That was my guess. Okay. Well, I I don't have it pulled up. Like I, oh my gosh, this is taking me forever to actually look up on my phone. Uh, tell us about I'll, the story. I'll I'll about. give it away. When I saw the name, I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, he listened to his own sermon that we published last week. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. You listened to Dr. Carl Beckwith? I listened to Dr. Carl Beckwith. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe they got Dr. <laughs> Carl Beckwith to come on. That was Jonathan. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I have to listen to this because I bet Jonathan's going to be his normal, a little over-the-top self. And Dr. Beckwith is not going to give him an inch (laughs) or respond to it or engage with it at all. And that was exactly what happened. His very dry, straightforward uh, kind of vibe just came through. It was amazing. I also, one of the things I love about him is just his love of the early church. Right, right. And so it's like, are there any books you recommend on canonization? And he's like, yeah, there's a recent book that came out that basically talks about the early church <laughs> and what the early church thought. And man, that dude, it's just like he loves. And and he it was a book the, that the early fathers. It was a book that no one would read <laughs> except for a seminarian <laughs> or scholar. Yeah, like I'm no like doubt. I'm sitting here like basically asking for a book on canonization for people in the pew, and he's like, well, here's one. It's in the original languages. <laughs> My goodness, Dr. Beckwith. I love it. It was such a great episode, though. I thought he said so many helpful things. He's always, I loved his lectures. Um, he's always so clear and articulate and, and organized. It's it's a joy to send under his teaching. So I was like, I can't believe they got him. Did Unbelievable. You, did you notice that? Man, I have some pullover. You do. Of, I was shocked. I got some name recognition. You flexed. <laughs> you flexed. Did you, uh, did you notice uh, that? He so did not engage with my shenanigans to the point that when it came time to do the lightning round, I just gave up on it. I didn't even mention it. I just, that just was, skipped it. That was another thing I noticed. I was like, they didn't do lightning round. Yeah, yeah. We, we had planned to, but I was like, this is not going to be what I would hope it would be. <laughs> Probably a wise decision. Probably a wise decision. Oh, Although it would have been one for the uh, books. Yeah. Wow. Well, since you skipped everything, yeah, catch me up. I'm glad that you're uh, you're back and you can't skip the intro this week. So That's you're right. forced to sit there and listen as JM recommends an album. All right, we want to jump to that, or or did did no, you, did you have it. other stuff? No, let's do it. All right. JM's album of the week. 
We're still as professional as we always I, have. I, I, I was like, did I just misread the room? I'm usually okay at that. <laughs> she saw me. Oh, yeah. It sounds like Nickel Creek. It is, John. It, no, it's not. Do they have a new album? Yeah. So insane. I don't, I don't know if I'm more shocked that they have a new album and I don't know about it, or that you picked it. Insane. What? I'm a musician, Jonathan. I, I know, I know music, and I know Chris Thiele is a virtuoso and probably the best mandolin player out there, and. I know that when I saw Nickel Creek was putting out a new record that I had to listen to it. 18 songs? It is, and it's incredible. Dude, I am so excited. Uh, You should be excited. It's amazing. Did y'all know I was a Nickel Creek fan? I didn't know, but I saw him with the Punch Brothers, which is kind of my favorite project. That's when I saw him live, too. He's done. And it was in Jeremy Moore and I went, and we were just in awe. I mean, our faces were being melted. Who, who's the other recognizable member in Punch Brothers? Honestly, I couldn't tell you any of the names because, besides him. Because besides Punch Brothers, did you ever listen to Fiction Family? No. No, but that's another Our family one, family right? fiction. So that's not Chris Thiele. It's the guitarist from uh, Nickel Creek and John Foreman. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't listened to them, but I have heard about that. But, yeah, Nickel Creek's also... I mean, just insane. They're they're all insane. They're all insane musicians. It's incredible. Uh, this is the new record. It's called Celebrants. It came out in March 24th of this year. How long has it been since they've put out an album? Many years. A decade? Many years. I'm looking at it. I think yeah, it's been nine. I think actually, their last one was in 2014. They actually uh, like had a farewell tour. Already, <laughs> and uh, I was talking to some friends about it because I sent some friends the album. I was telling them how good it was, and one of them was like, "I, I saw them on the farewell tour." A little premature, and I was, and I was like, "Maybe you can get your money back. <laughs> Maybe you can call." Uh, yeah, I mean, this song is called "The Meadow." It's pretty wild. My favorite song is actually called "To the Airport," uh, and it's about people that work at the airport, and it's it's just unbelievable. In each other's boots Sure this line is long It's longer than my fuse But you're just doing your job And what a job you're doing I'm picturing him like having the concept for this song while he's standing in line (laughs) Just watching people get ticked at airport workers It's probably uh the best one of the best songs I've heard about the airport. The the other one would be, <laughs> yeah, well, what are, what are the top? Five? Well, there's leaving there's, on a jet there's plane. leaving on a jet plane, which is pretty good. Uh, and then there's Brian Eno's music for airports, which is an ambient record. There's no lyrics, but it's designed to does, listen to in the airport does the, to make um, you feel better. Yeah. Does the Foo Fighters song "Fly" have anything to do with the airport? Because I just remember they're on an airplane in the they music are, video. Yeah, the music video, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I highly recommend this record. I believe they're going on tour, and they're actually coming to Birmingham. Oh, uh, we need to go. Oh, wow. Well, we have an elders meeting. Jonathan! <laughs> well, we have an elders meeting. Where's got, it? Wait, where are they performing? I got some name Avondale. recognition. I got a little bit of power. Oh, Avondale. <laughs> that'll be great. Yeah, it is going to be awesome. Uh, it's incredible. Check it out. Let us know what you think about Nickel Creek. Do you like post-bluegrass? Because that's kind of what it is. It is experimental. It is amazing. Can I give a quick hot, quick hot take? Mm-hmm. I don't think I love concerts at the Alabama Theater. At Avondale or Alabama Theater? At the Alabama Theater. Because they've Nickel Creek has come to the Alabama Theater before. Sometimes the sound just isn't so great. I have It can be a mixed bag. I've, I have, I've seen great concerts there, but... I have two feels on that. Um, because I do. I do love uh, the Alabama Theater. But one, one concert I went to there, 
the sound for the opening act versus the sound for the act was night and day. Mm-hmm. Absolute night and day. Yeah, like, that like, and, and there's always a difference, but not like that. Um, and I do think there is a massive difference at the Alabama Theater based on where you are sitting in that room. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I've, I've done balcony shows and I've done floor shows. And it's just, it's a pretty massive difference. Yeah. Yeah. The times that I've sat on the floor there, I've enjoyed more right. sound wise. I, I sat up in the balcony for the Robert Plant and uh, it was just, it had a different, I don't know. There was something about the acoustics up there that yeah. got yeah, kind of weird. weird. But yeah. Birmingham, okay. Birmingham hot takes. New segment. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Birmingham. And new segments, Brad. While you were gone, um, you might have missed. Uh, a few things that yeah. we did and so we you know we thought for a long time about what to do about Bradford's book club mm-hmm. like did we just continue on with it did we you know just with a string of guests or what have not that didn't feel right um so we thought the best way to honor it um was to to kill it naturally um, we literally put it to death funeral dirge and all wow yeah it's uh, so if you want to resurrect it, which tis the season for resurrections. That's true. Uh, if you want to resurrect it, then we'll have to we'll have to have that conversation um, because I don't know if the people will accept it anymore. Uh, maybe I want the people to vote. Well, it could we do an Instagram poll or something? <laughs> That'll depress me because I'll lose. <laughs> it did. It did. Uh, it didn't get replaced. We just we just put something else in, and I was like, you know, at first I was like, I'm gonna do, you know, basically a Jonathan's book club. We'd call it something. Oh, else. but, but right. then I was like, I would have sued right. you for copyright I, issues. I'm just like, right. that's lame. Infringement. So we just, you know, I, I one day was just struck by uh, a moment of inspiration, a moment of clarity, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we started this segment that we like to call Happening in the Ham. Did, this week's did you do that? <laughs> yeah. That's great. It's far more rock and roll than Bradford's book club. That's right, right. I mean, Short, it's clearly sweet, it's to the point. Well, here on Happening in the Ham, as all of those who regularly listen to Shades Midweek because you're dedicated to this show because you love it, nah. you know what we do here. And what we do here is we talk about things that are happening in Birmingham. We like to encourage our listeners to go out and experience some Birmingham culture. So oh, we've that's talked fun. To, yeah, we've talked about everything from concerts to uh, plays to movies to restaurants to eat at, events that are happening, all sorts of different things. And so I got last week I believe we talked about the Barons uh and opening day at, at baseball which happened yesterday, I think. Mm. So this week I've got something for you happening over the course of well it begins this weekend. And that is ladies and gentlemen, April the 14th through the 23rd at the Birmingham Racecourse is the Alabama State Fair, the Alabama State. Oh yeah, Fair. I saw yep. a commercial for that. Yeah, man, starting this weekend in two days, seven hours and fifty-four minutes. <laughs> There's a counter on the website. Of course. So, yeah, I mean, carnival rides, attractions, food, shows, <laughs> all the things you expect <laughs> at fair. Go get you a turkey leg or a massive corn dog that's fried right in front of you. Elephant cake. Do they have meat on a stick? Cake. I'm sure they do. I don't know that they'll say what kind of meat it is, but I it'll just be need on a to stick. know that are it's you, meat on a stick. Are y'all going? You know, I want to. Did y'all go to fairs growing up? Did y'all ever ever do the fair thing? No, I'm not a big fair guy. So I, I went once in Indiana, and my thought at the beginning and the end was the same. This is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so there, as a there was a fair that came to my hometown uh, every year, and my friend. Uh, his mom every year would pull us out of school at like lunchtime and we would go to the fair and it was always on McDonald's day on McDonald's day. You like paid five bucks and you got a bracelet and you could ride everything unlimited rides and all that. And dude, I I loved it. I remember the whole thing, like from the crazy booths you had to walk through at first to get 
into the the place to like the random cattle shows. Like, here's my prize pig and and a sheep and stuff. Um, to uh, we had a destruction derby uh, that would happen at the fair. To the rickety old rides with either teenagers or really scary carnival guys working them. Like all of it, I, I absolutely. Loved it. My band played at the fairgrounds one year. Oh, wow. Uh, my, my band that I had. I mean, we played to no one, just people walking by. Right? Yeah, but but it was a big gig. But we played. It's a big gig. Yeah, um, I played at the pumpkin patch at Baker's Farm one time. <laughs> yes. down Harpersville. We still need to do an episode about our worst gigs we've ever played. Because <laughs> we've got some great stories. Oh, yes, we do. Um, But anyway, yeah. So I have never been to the Alabama State Fair. But I would really like to go just for nostalgic purposes. You are correct, Brad. It is typically really gross. <laughs> but as a kid, I no judgment. As a kid, I didn't know that. Um, I just thought it was cool. Um, right, so, of course. Well, so Jonathan, report back to us. Favorite ride at the fair uh, is the zipper. That is my favorite ride. Which, for those of you who don't know, think of a uh, a, a Ferris wheel, but like an oblong shape. Um, instead of a circle, and you're actually in a cage. And the cage itself can spin, and it goes around the oblong shape, and the entire oblong shape, it, shape itself also spins. It's it's a little nutty. It's just very disorienting, but I, I loved it. As a I, cu- I couldn't do it. I, I, I probably can't do it anymore. I, not because I would. I, I don't think I'd throw up. I think I'd black out. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I rode a really intense uh Roller coaster. I got tunnel vision for the first time <laughs> in my life. I'd never experienced it. And I was like, oh, that's what people are talking about. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I can handle the G's anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is what is happening in the ham. And we did that entire segment in the time it takes to listen to the theme song for Bradford's Book Club. One I, I was really <laughs> trying to find in my email the... Bradford's book club funeral version, and I can't, I can't find it. I wanted um, to play it for Brad. It's okay. We can mm. just go back and play him the episode at some yeah. point, make him listen to what we did. I'll, I'll go listen to it for sure. So, well, since you're back, Brad, uh, we decided we would dedicate this entire episode to your return. Wow! Just yeah. y'all giving me compliments the whole time. Oh, nothing but compliments. Hey, you would be you you would uh, be pleased to know that Dale. Uh, Anton emailed in about you while you were gone. No yeah, way! It was hilarious, actually. It, no way! Yeah, it was. It was very funny. And he's supposed to be coming to visit us sometime soon in the studio. Well, at, at least on a Sunday. And we we haven't heard from him, but we definitely told him that we would love to interview he and his wife. Wow, um, that would be epic. Week. So, from from not believing he's a real person to. <laughs> Having him on would be amazing. But, yeah, no, you've obviously been on sabbatical for the last uh, three billion years, it has felt like. And so mm. we just wanted to do, I don't know, a return interview, kind of ask you about sabbatical, let you share with everybody uh, what it's been like to be daily just sitting before the Lord and seeing his face directly <laughs> and unmediated and yet living. Exactly. Um <laughs> No, before we get into the legitimate questions, I do. Um, I took a poll on uh, Instagram. No, no, just face to face among some people, and I'm like, "What do you want to know from Brad? Who'd you talk to? You know, I, it, they wanted to remain anonymous. <laughs> okay, fair. I don't, I don't believe this. But I'm like, <laughs> they wanted to know, and I have three burning questions from the people. Okay, all right. The first one, you already ruined. Which was, did you listen to any episode <laughs> of Midweek in part or in full? We all know the answer to that. Yep. Dr. Carl Beckwith for the win. Blech. All right. Next question. Is it true you have now seen every TV show on Netflix? <laughs> Let me think about it for a second. <laughs> the fact that you're actually considering this is ridiculous. No. Did no, you, I haven't. Did, did you watch anything? Like, did you did you watch a show? Did you have a show sure, that you I'm sure you watched The Last of Us. I did, yes. I don't know if that's appropriate to say. I, I did watch it. The Last of Us. Well, I was about us. to ask if it was worth it. I haven't seen that one. But maybe we can't I talk about it. I don't know if it's it. appropriate. I have no <laughs> idea. It's on HBO. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I watched some shows. <laughs> I'm trying to discern... What shows what you can shows? talk about? Oh my word! Not that, not that there's any, you know. All right, we're gonna move. Anything on, crazy, but I, 
I did get to watch some TV at night. EA is basically sleeping through the night, guys. Oh wow! Yes, yes, so I'm she getting is. A little, I'm getting, hey, hey, you know, and Jordan. That deserved studio audience clap. Yes, really. I mean, Jordan was the one that was bearing the brunt of that because she's better than I am as a as a parent and a human. I was about to say as a human being. Yes, but she's she is a uh, man. She's doing it, and I'm getting a little choked up even just thinking about it. Did I already say that? I don't know. It's the morning. So anyway, uh, I would uh, she would go down, and then I would just get to sit down and watch TV, and that was the time of the day that was the best moment of the day yeah dude take a rest from your rest you know <laughs> yes <laughs> take a re- take a rest from your so sabbatical i, I did but the last I'm of just us messing with you. yeah the last of us was was great there's some other shows too that were great if you want to know you can ask me yeah Uh-oh. there's some really there was a really popular one that people have been talking about that's on uh i can't just forget it move on <laughs> i don't watch tv so oh. i tried final question from the people do you have more children now not that I know of. <laughs> just, oh my gosh. just That's one. Uh, and so, yeah, EA. She is uh, just over six months. Six months, man. Yeah, yeah man. she's making noises. She's standing up. She's starting to reach out for things. Oh yeah. You know, she's giggling. This morning she woke up and she started looking at me and giggling. It's just amazing. I love it. It's getting and fun, she laughs. man. It's yeah, getting, uh... she's. She's starting to be able to like I'm able to interact with her and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited for this next phase. One of my favorite things about my kids talking is when they argue with each other. <laughs> and then I have to get in the middle and referee. Uh, I, feel what like age? I, I feel like I've been doing that a lot lately. What with, age with, does with that with happen? The two, with the two brothers. Well, they're brothers and I just feel like brothers just when does it not happen, Brad? <laughs> Brothers, brothers got a hug, but brothers fight too a little bit. That's right. It literally, there's something biblical about that. Anytime yeah. there is a statement, the other one will object to it. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's That's an objective true. fact. <laughs> hey, the grass is green outside. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you know, right now it's just EA in Oxford. So, <laughs> yeah, how is Oxford? Does how he did, feel displaced? How Ooh. did he make it during the sabbatical? Oh, man, my wife used to give him so much attention, and now mm. she gives him no attention. <laughs> yep. So it has. She, what she happens. find him annoying now? It has. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. And it has been nice because I feel like he's come towards me a little bit. Right. But then the for other comfort. night, we were sitting on separate couches, and she came in. He was sitting by me, and he got up and went back to her. Oh. And I was like. That hurts. <gasps> I was like, bro, I have been here for you and how quickly you return to the one who's hurting you. (laughs) So uh, he's doing okay. It's been a tough season. Classic lady in the tramp. It's been a tough right there. (laughs) It's been a tough dog. It's been a tough season. So Wow. Wait, don't don't you have one more question? No, no, I had three, but you ruined the (laughs) midweek one. So, you know, already spoiling things. I'm sorry. None of those were satisfactory. Oh my goodness. Anyway, no, nah, man, but we do, uh, to shift gears a little bit, uh, do want to have a little bit more of a serious conversation. Right. Um, right. About uh, just your experience on the sabbatical. So maybe just start with that. Like, what was the experience like just as a whole? Did it, uh, did it take like a moment to shift gears or? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that everyone's asked me and someone even made a joke about people asking me this question. They're like, if a million people asked you this, but a ton of people have come up and been, been like, Oh my gosh, was it just so restful? Right. Is the natural question. Yes. And with a six month old. My, yeah. My answer is yes and no. And so the no part of that is, you know, we have a new baby. And right. so that's been, uh, a massive adjustment (laughs) (laughs) and you know and so we're dealing with everything that comes with that Mm -hmm. and so like you know all this freedom and autonomy that you thought was taken away when you were married you know you're single you have all this freedom you get married you're like oh gosh i have so much less freedom and then a kid comes in and you're like i have i don't even know what life is anymore you know I'm in a prison. No, I'm just kidding. 
Um, but really, so no. that was definitely uh, that was definitely adjustment that maybe made it seem a little less restful yeah. because yes. I was removed from everything going on at Shades, but then someone handed me a baby instead of a church. You know, I, I jokingly tell people that <laughs> I did not know I was a selfish person until I got married, <laughs> and I did not know how selfish I was. That's good until I had a child, dude. That's that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And so, um, yeah. So that was an adjustment. Uh, the second thing was, and. I planned this going into it, but I mean, this sabbatical for me was really an opportunity to focus on something vocationally that I've been wanting to focus on. And so, you know, sometimes when pastors take sabbaticals, they'll take sabbaticals and they'll write a book or they'll go to a university or something. That's what I did. And, you know, they'll study or they'll take a class or something. And so the regular daily tasks of ministry are taken away so that they can focus on an area or a subject that they've wanted to focus on, but they can't because of all the daily tasks. And so for me, as as many of you know, I've been uh, finishing up a master's in clinical mental health counseling, and the end of the program is pretty intense because you have to do uh, an internship, and it has to take up so many hours. And so I am uh, about to cross the finish line, And so for the past few months, uh, I was at uh, an internship site, two internship sites, actually. It was at Birmingham Recovery Center, which is an outpatient uh, substance abuse rehab center. And then I was also at a private practice called Calvert & Associates, and I was seeing clients there um, in that capacity, individuals. And both of those were fulfilling my internship hours. I was also finishing up classes and I was also studying for something called the NCE, and it's uh, a big exam that you have to take if you want to become a licensed counselor, which I'm aiming to do. So I had all that going on, and so just a few things, just a few things, you know. Um, but I'm very grateful for uh, the space and the sabbatical to focus on that. If I was doing all that and everything at shades i might have i might have broken or i might have had to come apart on on sunday morning just randomly screaming up front or something so i'm very thankful that that didn't happen that i didn't have a mental breakdown and i'm i'm really thankful that i just had the space and time to work on those counseling skills to think about psychology and theology to spend some time doing some certifications so you are now looking at a CSAT candidate. Oh, I th- <laughs> is that it? He was, thought you were about to hit the was applause. That it? <laughs> well, I was, but I was waiting for you to finish. And you might ask, what is that? Okay. It is. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it would be a longer we're, title. We're, My we're, bad. We're, let's see, here's I what's happened. I thought it was CSAT Brad, candidate for you, the, <laughs> senior. See, I mean, uh, see, Brad, you've been gone so executive long. We're rusty assistance. now. We can't we can't tell when you're giving us signals to do things and all of that. John Mark and I, man, we're in sync. Oh, man. We're in sync, but yeah, I'm me and Brad not in sync. Not in know, sync. We don't know what to do with you in the room. Yeah, wow, this is another big adjustment. <laughs> all right, so CSAT candidate, that's it. So wait, okay. so you might ask what that is. Certified sexual addictions therapist candidate. There it is. Thank you. Congratulations, sir. Yes. And so uh, I'm in the process of becoming that. So it's four week-long trainings. And so I was able to do one week and uh, really enjoyed that training, able able to uh, learn a lot from that. And then I am also now an official brain spotting practitioner. See, I was feeling that one. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're we're getting back into it. So, uh, some of you might remember Bo Armistead's uh, podcast where he talked about EMDR. Mm Yeah. So, brain spotting is a modality that came out of EMDR. It was developed by a guy named David Grand. Grand, not Graham. Grand. And the premise of it is where you look affects 
what you think. Like like literally where li- you look with your eyes. Literally where you look um, affects what you think and how you remember and process. Mm. And so one of the things they say to do in the therapy, and I've, I've started doing this if you're talking with me now, not all the time, but they'll say look at people's eyes when they start to process maybe it's something from the past or they're starting to recall something. And normally you'll notice them kind of go to a spot and then stick and they'll stay there. Or if they're, if people are trying to remember something, they move their eyes around. (laughs) Right. So really fascinating. Wow. Anyway, he was doing, so I might like be taking us way off topic (laughs) and I apologize (laughs) if I am, but so here's a question I've had for a really long time. And I wonder if there's any connection to this. Yeah. So you know how, when you're in like conversation, and you're trying to remember something. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, something from your life. It could be, like, the name of somebody who was in a movie yep. or something like that. And you just move on because you can't remember it. And then it randomly pops into your head right. as if there's been someone in a filing cabinet in your brain <laughs> looking for it. And all of a sudden, they're like, I got it. I yep. got it. Yep. Is it related to that at all? Is there any relation? Like, it, like there's something going on where, like, I don't know how my eyes are looking or whatever is connected to my memory bank. But, but yeah, it, you know, no one's made that connection before, but it definitely could be. I'm just curious. So the, sorry, sorry. I took us off track. In, no, you're good. I mean, from something really serious to something that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> well, getting into the field of psychology, I was like, Oh, I really want to start reading about neuroscience. And to be honest, the reality is the more that I read about neuroscience, the more that I don't understand. Sure, sure. <laughs> and it seems like that's the reality in the field as well. Mm. The brain is so complicated. It makes you feel really confident about, <laughs> about your brain surgeons. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, David Grant developed it because he was doing this therapy with a figure skater. And this figure skater, to get into the Olympics, had to do this jump. And I can't remember the specific jump. But any time that she would... Triple cell count. Yeah, anytime she would go into know. the go into the jump, she would just fall out of it. She couldn't do it. So he'd been working with her for a year. And he had been doing EMDR. And so one of the things that a therapist does in EMDR is they will move their hands back and forth. Right. And so she was following his finger, and he noticed that when he got to a specific point, her eyes shook back and forth and then locked in. And so he just kind of naturally stopped moving and kept his finger there. And then all this stuff started coming up that she had uh, totally blocked out and forgotten about her wow. past. Wow. And so from that, he he develops this um, approach to uh, treating trauma and anxiety, depression. Uh, it can help with addictions, other issues called brain spotting that essentially how it was explained to me in a, a simplified way just allows the brain – to process at a deeper level, to bring up things that um, aren't in our kind of immediate memory. And uh, so I was able to do that training, and I've actually used it a few times, and it's a really powerful experience. I can do it on you guys if you want. I mean, Let's go right now. I think now. that's unethical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. You love our different responses. Right? <laughs> Let's go. That's unethical. <laughs> yeah, so... I was able to. Let's not you lose your license, okay? Let's, you know. <laughs> That's right. Don't have that yet, but right. yeah. So I was right. able to. I was really able to to take some time and to do some of those things, and so um, I'm so grateful for the space because I don't. I don't think I would have been able to do that otherwise. The other thing that I'll just say as I re- reflect on it is one. I'm so grateful for the extra time that I was able to spend with my family. Mm. And so Jordan and I and EA were really able, even in the busyness of everything else going on, to uh, spend mornings together, to go on walks in the middle of the day, Um, and even on the weekends, without, you know, the demands of Sunday morning, we were able to kind of be present with each other, relax, even on Sunday mornings, get up and and go to church together. Mm -hmm. And so, one, I'm so grateful for the, the time to spend with with them um that was wonderful two i'll say this and i told this i've already told you guys to this i've already it's it's i hate doing podcasts (laughs) in the morning i've already told you guys this but one of the things you don't realize in pastoral ministry and i'm going to preface this so don't worry this is not a church bashing thing you just don't realize the drama of being in a local church now (laughs) 
This what, do you, is, what do you mean, Brad? This is not one of those, like, I don't want to be in the church anymore because all the drama. You know, like, there's going to be drama anywhere there's people, okay? Um, but being a part of a community, there's going to be issues. There's going to be uh things that come up there's going to be conflict there's going to be things that need to be worked through and that's just the reality of being part of a community i've never experienced but when you're in it you don't realize the toll that it can take on you the mental energy that it can take uh how you're going home and replaying things in your head trying to figure out things and work out things i mean it's just the reality of being part of the church and it's a gift because the lord works in the midst of that but it's also a burden to carry and so having that space removed, right, um, was a gift for a season, right? Not something that I want to do forever, but was a gift. And then, too, I'll just say this. Another thing I realized, even if a pastor isn't preaching or a ministry leader isn't preaching, uh, Sunday morning just has a weight to it. I mean, Sunday morning is always coming, right? And that's a gift, and that's a wonderful thing. We need to regularly gather but I think it was, uh, it was a few weeks into it. I was, it was Friday night and I was talking with Jordan. I was like, it's Friday night and I just feel so relaxed. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel so just chill. And I was like, you know, I think one of the things is I just didn't realize how much kind of Sunday morning weighs on me going into the weekend. Like, there's a part of me that's thinking about things. Okay, did we, did we get everything covered? Is is everything coming up? And like I said, that's if you're preaching, and Jonathan knows this, I mean, there's an extra weight to it. And this is true for all my pastor friends. Um, so, I mean, it's like imagine that you have a huge test or an exam or a class presentation every Sunday Sunday morning, right? I mean, that's just that's going to affect how you go mm-hmm. into the weekend. So once again, that's not to uh, complain. That's not to say, woe is me. That's not to negate the demands that other people's work have on them and how it affects them. It's just to talk about the particularities of being a pastor and so I love Sunday mornings. I love gathering with the body. I love teaching. I love the good and the bad that comes with being part of a Christian community. But I also acknowledge that I'm a human and I'm finite and I need uh, rest and rejuvenation. And so that this season, even with everything going on, was a season of rest and reju- rejuvenation for Jordan and I. And so even uh, uh, after... Uh, Easter, you know, it's like normally you kind of have an Easter hangover on Monday morning and not because we've been drinking, just to be clear, if anyone's, (laughs) we don't get hammered after the Easter service. Just want to clarify that. I'm speaking for myself, Um, but it's, you know, you're just so exhausted because of everything that comes with the season of Lent and then, you know, Good Good Friday Friday, and yeah, the Holy Week and everything. And like Monday morning, I was like, all right, I'm ready to show up to church, you know, and I just realized, okay, there really is a rest and rejuvenation that's come with this season. The last thing I'll say is uh, one of the things Jonathan encouraged me to do that he did on his sabbatical was to go around and to visit other churches. I was about to ask you about it. See, see, you're just, you just keep talking. I'm beating you to it. And, and you keep taking away all my things, all I'm my sorry. things. I've got to ask. Yes. So uh, this was the last thing that I was going to say. And so it, it was it was a joy to be able to uh, visit some friends' churches in Birmingham and to go to uh, churches that are very different, whether that's highly formal and liturgical or more, the word that's coming to mind is loosey-goosey. I don't know why, but loosey-goosey and charismatic kind of chill. And so I got to, I got to run the gambit and experience all these different worship services. And the Lord showed up and and moved in powerful ways through different people's ministries and sermons and and time of worship. All of that are very grateful for it. Uh, But I will say that one of the things that stood out to me was in, in Jordan, I think Jordan said it first, she was like, man, visiting all these churches has made me so grateful for shades. And she was like, uh, Shades, and we know this, and we, and we even say this all the time, but uh, Shades is really a unique place. <laughs> and I was reflecting on this with uh, Jonathan and John Mark yesterday, but one of the things that I love about Shades Valley that 
I know we all try to cultivate is that Shades does have a living room feel. It really does have a come-as-you-are kind of vibe to it. And every church, I think I've said this before, but every church says it on the website, right? We want to be a community that's vulnerable and open, and we want to do life together. Like, everybody says that, right? Come as you are. There was, like, there was one church that I read on the website. It was like, some people are going to be in a suit. Some people are going to be in shorts. Went to the church. Nobody was in shorts, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, every church says that. But I, I really think... And Shades is not the only church that does it, but I mean, Shades really kind of embodies this and really just has this atmosphere uh, that makes you feel comfortable and that you are in a living room and that you could actually dare to be yourself and to be vulnerable and not to have it all together. I think that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's something that we obviously try to cultivate. Um, but secondly, and this is the thing that I, I, I don't think you find this combination. Well, there is this combination. Um, but I think this can be hard to find. There's also a sense in which like we're encountering the living God in which we need to fall down on our knees because he is so holy and transcendent and other, and we are unworthy, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are invited to boldly come before him with all of our stuff. But we do so, yes, um, in his love, in his tenderness, and his gentleness, but we do also with fear and trembling because we're approaching a God who is so other than us that it's in a beautiful way terrifying. And so how do you have those two things? How are you in a living room, <laughs> uh, but then in, in being in this warm environment, but then also being in a place where it's like, holy crap, you know, we need to take off our shoes because we're on holy ground. Right. And this is a pressure precious uh, space. And so, you know, as I was reflecting, I think that's one of the th unique kind of combinations that Shades Valley can have it is a living room, but also it's, it's like we're in a cathedral and we're encountering this kind of otherness and this transcendence. And so it's not a kind of come as you are that gets, um, for lack of a better word, kind of goofy and silly and um, as unserious a word Sure. Roll <laughs> Unserious, maybe kind of cliche in, in an attempt, in this attempt to be down to earth. It's a, it's a genuine kind of like we're just being ourselves. And I know we try to embody that, and I know that we want the congregation to, to do that as well, but all before King Jesus. So that was really a, a big takeaway for me, and it was, it was something that just made me so grateful. The last thing I'll say is just I was um, – How many times has he said last thing I'll say? Just a <laughs> – well, I'm a – Jonathan, I'm uh, a I'm a pastor and a preacher. So I'm anytime kidding. anytime a pastor says one more thing, you know that's not true. Isn't that Dr. Smith? Who said that originally? I don't remember. But it's true. I mean, I do yeah. it all the time. I'm like some concluding thoughts, you one know, forty thing. minutes later. <laughs> anyway. Um I'm so I mean, part of what makes shades shades is is the people. It's Jonathan. It's it's John Mark. It's it's the stall cups. It's uh, it's the Grants. It's the Hirsches. I don't. People are just randomly coming to mind. Um, I love you all. Um, each of you make Shades Valley what it is. And when we talk about Shades Valley, and we talk about this with mission, but it's just true with who we are, that we have to talk about our people. And so, like when we talk about Shades being charismatic, um, if a certain group of people left, Shades would not be as, chari as charismatic as it would be with those people, right? Or we talk about um, having a, a vein at Shades that is more liturgical, or we talk about a, a vein at Shades that has a gift for biblical teaching and can really dive into the Word and can bring out something, right? Like, all of these things are things that we aim for. We talk about it with the three streams but in their goals, but they happen because of people and their particular giftings. Mm -hmm. And so um, I got the good reminder of how awkward it is to walk into a church on Sunday morning when you don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. and, and so that was good. And, you know, it made me rethink, okay, maybe what are some things we want to do a little differently here to, to be more welcoming? I think we were always aiming to do better there, but made me think about that, but also just made me grateful that um, when I walk in, you know, Jeff Stalkup is probably going to make fun of me 
and then he's <laughs> and then he's gonna give me a hug. Right. You know, and 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 I love that. It's being part of the community. The same thing with Jordan. Um if uh, our baby starts crying during the service, uh an old uh someone's gonna come up and offer to take uh EA. You know, I mean it's just it's the little things that that you forget. So the last thing I'm gonna say is <laughs> uh I you know, I sat down with John Mark and, and Jonathan yesterday and, and they were catching me up on, on just some of the things that have happened. And man, I mean Are you referring a lot to our st- three and a half hour <laughs> conversation? Yeah, just a short conversation. A lot of things ha- I'll just say a lot of things happen in the day in and day out. You know, it, sometimes it can feel like God's not doing anything, like nothing's happening. Things happen. God moves through uh the ordinary in, in, in the mundane. And when you're away for a, for a season, you really see it. You, it's hard to see when you're in it and, and you're just trying to survive. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, when you get a step away, you, you can really see it. So that's that's all I have. But, you know, let me say No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> well, one more. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude, that's good. That's so good to hear uh, all of that. Um I'm like I'm I'm sitting here thinking, do I go back and respond to like specific things <laughs> or, or what? Um Yeah, man. Talking about like the the weight of uh of just the drama of being in a church body, a local community. I, I feel like that's part of what Paul is referring to when he talks about and daily on me is the anxiety for all of the churches. Like he's just <laughs> all up in their business, right? You're just, I mean, that's, that's what happens in community when you're all up in one another's business. Um, and it's not this thing that you, um, it, it's hard, but it's beautiful. I mean, this is why we call it messy authenticity, right? Like authenticity is beautiful and gorgeous and we all value it, but it's messy and it comes with drama, but that's part it's part of us living together and doing life together as broken people. Um, and so it is John Mark and and my it is it is our joy to invite you back into the mess. Because let me tell you, you said that there's uh that there's a way, like when you step away from all the drama, it makes you realize like how much of that there there is just in being part of a community. There's actually another way to realize uh, how much of that there is. And that is to normally have three of you bearing the weight of it and for someone to step away and there only be two of you left. <laughs> and then you're like, holy cow, we need the third. It's true. We're like a three-legged stool, Brad, and you sawed off one of our legs and we've been toppling for the last three. <laughs> no, no, but we seriously, man, seriously, we, we have missed you. You know, it. there were funny moments uh along the way so so before brad left uh i cracked a joke probably 50 times too many because that's what i do i i find something i think is funny and then i just stay on that until somebody else laughs um which just never happens so i just beat a dead horse but so i had this joke that i kept dropping before brad left jm's nodding just to let yep. everyone know oh, yeah he knows what i'm about to say i'm confirming uh about uh about how when i went on sabbatical we had to find someone to sub for me every week when jm goes on sabbatical we're gonna have to find somebody for the sub for him every week but when brad goes on sabbatical i mean you know we <laughs> don't have to find anybody or anything like that i was just kind of joking and all of that um but but in truth like with you being on sabbatical for three months like there are so many ways in which we felt that absence. Some funny and small. So I don't know if anyone's told you this yet, but it took us two or three weeks to realize that you're the one on Sunday mornings who unlocks the front doors. <laughs> we just about I do about yeah. th- about three weeks in, somebody tells us they're like, "Hey, the last two or three Sundays, we've come to the doors." <laughs> And we can't get in, and we've had to walk around, and we're just like, "Oh, I yeah. guess Brad does that." <laughs> yeah, because normally Jonathan gets here at you know 10 p.m. the night before, oh, so right. not true. the doors are all locked, and right. so when I get here, I'm normally the next one here, and so I unlock the front and the side doors. So, uh-huh. but it, anyway, so there were little small things uh, like that that are just kind of funny. Uh, it's all the things you don't think about, like that each of us just kind of takes care of. And we don't know to 
be like, hey, by the way, I unlock the doors every week. Y'all should probably do that while I'm gone. So there are those kinds of things. But in a much larger and and more serious uh, way, man, there is so much that uh, you bring to the table uh, in, in the ways that the Lord has gifted you that seriously felt like we were missing a limb, you know, while you were gone. Um, and so, I mean, some of that is like official capacities and like responsibilities that you have that, you know, we had to figure out how those are going to get done and shoulder, but then, uh, other pieces of it are things that you can't calculate or write down on paper. It's just the dynamic of the three of us getting to work together. It's the me at random times getting to drop into your office and be like, hey, I'm trying to think through this right now and I don't know what to do. Let me bounce this off you. Like, there's just so many things that uh, we seriously felt your absence in. So while we were, we are grateful for the sabbatical policy. Thank you, Ed Kaler uh, and the elders um, for putting that in place. And uh, we're grateful for that. We are grateful that you got to go on a sabbatical. We are also insanely grateful uh, that, that you are back. Mm. Um, we, we, I, I mean that. I don't know if John Mark means that. But. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Love, I'd love to hear John Mark talk <laughs> about I'm, that I'm for still, a little bit. I'm still processing Brad's return. Talk about how much you miss me, John. I'll let you know in a few weeks. (laughs) JM's still a little bitter about all he had to shoulder while you were no, 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 he's not. He never once, never once complained about anything. It's good to be back. It's good to be back, boys. Yeah, man, it felt really good having you back on Sunday, uh, playing drums with us too. That was was a lot of fun. Definitely something that we've missed. It was a lot of fun. Easter. Um. Oh yeah. Yeah. It. It was it was wild and it was it was it was great to have you have you back. Should we tell everybody what happened right at the end? Because I know that was kind of probably confusing to oh, everybody. Oh yeah, I probably no one knows still what happened. So, I mean, we know, but yeah, right, right. So if you were there on Sunday, like the last note of the last song, pretty much, it was like all of a sudden every instrument that was playing, microphone being sung in, was just gone. And yeah. like the sound just went away, except for Brad because he's back there playing an acoustic drum set. So obviously you can still hear uh, the, the drums, cymbals <laughs> ringing out, right. or whatever yeah, was going on. And so it was kind of like, what just yeah. happened? And if I understand correctly, uh, basically th- people would understand it like you you trip a fuse at home. Yes, uh, but that we didn't actually trip a breaker uh, in the building. But right. there's a device called a power conditioner. Yep. That a bunch of our stuff, like our speakers, were plugged into it. Yeah. It just helps. It it helps protect from power surges and things like that, which can happen with a large building, especially with this uh, expensive equipment. So all of our amplifiers, our our speakers, uh, our monitors, you know, everything that that gives you sound on a Sunday morning, aside from the actual soundboard itself, uh, all cut out on the last note. And we we tripped. Whatever that fu- that like breaker, a breaker is inside inside of, of the actual power conditioner, yeah, and so everything think of shut like a off. Surge protector, almost. yeah. So, uh, so we we'll we'll figure that out. But we actually got it back up and running so that we could play the Bob Dylan song. Yeah, while, the, yeah. while I mean, but that could have happened at any moment, right? Like, that could have happened. It could have in happened the middle mid- of the set. midway through, yeah. and it decided not to. It just happened on that very Praise last. Praise the Lord for so that. Thank thank God for that. Um, the uh. The funny thing that that these guys told me yesterday is just their uh, – so we, we've talked about in-ear monitors before on the podcast, and that's how all the band hears themselves play. Right. And it just so happened that the in-ear monitors were also plugged into that yep. power conditioner. So because, they all went out too. Right, because if they had not been, then while for the congregation the music would have gone away, for the band – they would have still been hearing themselves play right. in their ears, and that would have been a, quite a, a humorous situation to behold. Oh, that matter, would have been great. As a matter of fact, if you were watching the live stream, the live stream's not dependent upon the speakers in the house or any of that kind of stuff. So on the live stream, none of the music goes away. Um, you know, it's it's all still there. But anyway, fun, funny technical things. But Easter was awesome. It was a great day. It was really great to have you back, Brad. It was uh, a great Sunday to come back. I, I mean, was worried that you'd been uh, that you'd forgotten how to play. Me too. Uh, drums. 
Can, so. can we take five to ten minutes? And what I want to do is I want to do, just for brevity's sake, I want to have a little bit of fun, a lightning round about your sabbatical. All right. We weren't do, do planning you, on this. Do you have questions we don't, prepped? I've got some in my mind. You, you can come up with stuff. You'll okay, think about all right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start, and hopefully that will wow. make me think of some things. All right. Lightning round questions about your sabbatical, Brad. What was your favorite meal while you were gone? Uh, Best meal that you had. Jordan's birthday, Highlands, North Carolina, Old Edwards Inn. There's a restaurant called Madison's. I got the ribeye and a side of vegetables and mac and cheese. And they, because it was Master's Week, they did a free pimento cheese appetizer that was amazing. I got a Caesar salad and a local IPA to wash it all down. That is right up your alley right there. That that Masters weekend with the pimento cheese sandwich. Wow. It was amazing. That's incredible. Okay, what was your favorite TV show that you watched while you were on sabbatical, if you can recall? If you're allowed to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll say The Last of Us. I really enjoyed that. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, you got. Uh, it looked like you had one. You oh, you grabbed the mic. Uh, what uh, was there anything not Sunday morning related, um, that you uh like had fear of missing out on, like anything you had FOMO about, uh, with with shades aside from Sunday morning? I did the camping trip. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. we did have a good I, time. I wanted to go on the camping trip, but it just wasn't in the cards. What were some highlights from the camping trip? What were some funny things that happened? Uh, some we can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there uh, was some chess. There was some hiking. Um, yes. Yeah, there were some conversations. You know, it was really. Co- it got really cold that night. Actually, it went oh, down. Right. It went down to like thirty-eight that night. Woo! It was awesome. Yeah, that's like prime camping weather for me um okay what was your favorite movie that you watched while on sabbatical did you watch any movies if so was there a favorite dude i don't know if i watched a movie to be completely honest with you okay what was your favorite book that was my next one did you have a book that you read that you would recommend or or well it doesn't have to be one you recommend just yeah you don't have to recommend it. it's not bradford's book club but did just you read what, the what bible while you were gone so a lot of the books that I've been reading have been about sex addiction and <laughs> clinically. So I don't know if those you would recommend. I would recommend, but a really interesting book that I used for a paper is called The Psychology of the Fruit of the Spirit. It's by a guy named Zoltan <laughs> Dornve. Wow. This is a real name. That's not a real name. Wow. Uh it's got some big name theologians backing it. So Zoltan. Zoltan. Dude, um, isn't that from a movie? Like I, I'm I, thinking, is that Parks and Rec, the like lizard religion thing that I the people know. in the I'm gonna look this up. You keep asking questions. Well, da- Daniel Treyer, he's a he's a big name theologian out of Wheaton. He wrote the forward for it. Uh, the biblical portrayal of the Christ like character in its development. So what's interesting is he essentially does kind of a two books vibe in regards to like book of scripture, book of nature. And so he looks at the fruit of the spirit biblically, theologically. And then he also looks at the psychological literature on like joy, hope, peace. And so essentially what he's doing is he's kind of bringing it together and bringing them in conversation. And so it was a really interesting book. I would imagine being gone for three months you got into some new routines. What What's maybe like one of uh, some favorite new routine maybe that you got into while you were gone? There's something like a day-to-day type thing that was new for you. You know, this just kind of ended up happening, but I started out the mornings uh, with in the living room, whether I'm like journaling or whatever, and I would just put on uh like it started with Brooke Frazier like worship videos from YouTube and that would just kind of go into Hillsong and I would just have that in the background and it sounds kind of silly but like some really powerful moments of worship happened in the mornings uh through YouTube so I thank you it. thank you Google that's super cool the uh movie from the year 2000 
dude, where's my car? That's what I thought. There is a cult leader. That's what named I thought. Zoltan. <laughs> yeah, I knew that sounded familiar. <laughs> I, you know, Zoltan. I I was close. It was related they to would some always weird say religion. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zoltan. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my word. Anyway, uh, um, favorite uh, d- uh out of town trip? Did you go on any trips? Yes, Highlands, North Carolina was was the favorite, and so we made it with a baby, and uh, got to spend some time hiking and in little shops downtown. So. That was uh the weather was perfect. It was in the seventies. So love getting away to the mountains. All right. One last question. Thoughts on March Madness. Did you watch it? Did you watch any games? So I did. Uh I mean, my honest thoughts, I was just so thrilled that Alabama <laughs> lost. Yes. You heard it here, folks. They won the SEC, but they could only make it to the Sweet 16. Yeah. The fact that it was a Sweet 16, too, that they didn't get any further than that was just amazing. Brad, I went. So, like, that was the national championship for me. The fact that they didn't make it past that was, like, amazing. I, I wanted to get a T-shirt that said, you know, that says that Alabama didn't make it past the Sweet 16 this season. John Ball, so, uh, John Ball's dad. I was talking to him this past weekend because it was Lena's birthday, and we were over th- at their house. John Ball's dad was—he's t- a big Auburn fan—and he said, "Yeah, I was with my buddies uh, during March Madness that day, and we were doing a tour of like all of the breweries that are in Shelby County because there's like five breweries now that are in Shelby County." And uh, his his buddies bought him a San Diego State T-shirt. And so it was the day that, that Alabama played them, so he was going to every brewery with that shirt on. He just oh, said man. people were giving him the ugliest looks. And I love but, it. But after they, after they lost, it was just like the greatest thing ever. He I said. was hoping <laughs> an underdog was going to win. You know, yeah, I mean, it just UConn. felt like the it felt like the year for them to do it, and the fact that UConn won it, you're like, ah, yeah, UConn won okay. their fifth title since '99. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we knew it was we knew it was coming. Yeah, okay. Who won the pool? Uh, it was uh, somebody that d- doesn't go to shades. Oh, it was Chicken Leg. <laughs> he won. <laughs> Will yeah. Hall is his name. He's buddies with Andrew. Actually, Scott, let's see. What was the place? Yeah, because I talked to Grant, Scott. Grant came in second. Grant came in second. And then Scott and Chicken Leg's friend tied for third. So everyone's bracket was a complete disaster. I Absolute mean, you had, disaster. You had Purdue losing. Oh, you yeah. You had Virginia losing. You had uh, Houston going out in the Sweet 16. You, I mean, there were so many things that right. happened. Right. You had Kansas losing early. You, ha- I mean, so well, it was a disaster. We thank you for joining us for this sports <laughs> podcast. That was the lightning round. Fantastic. I feel like I did pretty good. I tried to answer pretty quickly. Well, your mental acuity should be just so <laughs> sharp right now. You know, from all that rest you had. Yes, and the fact that I've re- reached a higher stage of enlightenment. That's that's also correct. Jordan and I are living on a commune now. Did I not tell you guys that? <laughs> the, the Zoltan stuff, it's all Zoltan. connecting now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is there anything else, Brad, that you wanted to share uh, about maybe what the Lord taught you or, um, you know, something truly enlightening for all of us? Um, or, or did you get it all out? Did you get it all out? I mean, I think I got it all out. There's some other things, but I think I'll just wait. I'll hold on to those okay. gems those for gems. another for another time. Feels well, fitting. Well, if anybody out there has questions for Brad about his sabbatical, his experience, anything we talked about, anything we didn't talk about, uh, you can email us, and we will ask him and force him to answer because the people deserve to know. The people deserve to know. You can email us at midweek at shadesvalley.org. That is the email address. You type that into your little computer machine. You open up your web browser. You go to whatever website, Yahoo, Hotmail, AOL, Gmail, I guess. You use a you use a browser to check your email? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, I don't use the mail app on uh, the Mac. Well, huh. Learn something new every day. Well, Brad, do you want to tell everybody 
why they should email us? Well, because here at Shades Midweek, you are part of the conversation.